Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Welcome back to God's Playbook, friends. I'm Father Rico, and today we're going to talk about the sacrament of the Eucharist and how Jesus gives us his flesh and blood to eat and drink. The Catholic Church's teaching on the Eucharist is based on the words and actions of Jesus. We truly believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Not a symbol, not a sign, but it is truly Jesus' flesh and blood that we eat and drink when we come to Mass. Then, after receiving him in the Eucharist, we as Catholics are called to imitate Christ by being bread for others and bringing the light of Christ to those we meet. The sacrament of the Eucharist, first received when we are seven years old, is a beautiful sacrament in which we are fed by God himself. I'm Italian, so food for me is something that I really enjoy. I might suggest that whether you're Italian or not, you probably like food too. Depending on our cultural background, you might like things like I like, pasta, pasta, and more pasta, with a side of meatballs, of course. You might like rice, you might like steak, you might like lamb, you might like pierogies, cabbage rolls, whatever it is that you like. What does that food do for you? When we desire our favorite foods, it's not just something that brings us energy and keeps us alive. But when we celebrate that meal itself, does it not also bring happiness and joy to our heart? I want you to picture eating a beautiful, fresh slice of lasagna right now. As you look down at those beautiful noodles, immersed in tomato sauce, with chunks of ricotta cheese, ground beef, and other beautiful ingredients inside. You probably hate me right now for describing this in such a way that your stomach is grumbling. Ha ha, sorry, not sorry. But the reality is, as we look upon that piece of lasagna in our mind and reflect upon placing it in our mouth where explosions of flavor would take place, if you enjoy eating lasagna, it's an experience. Your taste buds explode in many and variety of ways. Perhaps with a glass of wine or another preferred drink, it helps us to really enter into what the lasagna experience is all about. If you're not a fan of lasagna, replace this example with something that you like. But the reality is, it's a very different experience when we're eating something that we love as opposed to eating something that we don't love. What's something you don't like to eat? For me, I'm not a fan of mushrooms. I find that mushrooms are just very blah for me. And yet those who have had dinner with me realize that I do eat mushrooms. I don't just love mushrooms. 
they're on a steak, I usually take them off. And yet when I order a pizza, I put mushrooms on. So figure that out. But the texture of mushrooms for me is something that I don't overly enjoy. So if you were to place a stuffed mushroom before me, it would be an act of love for you that I would eat it. But generally, I would never order it at a restaurant or I wouldn't serve it if you came over to my house for dinner. So the lasagna versus the mushroom for me, there's a big difference. And this is what the Eucharist is to be for us as well. This is not an experience of just a meal, friends, but rather this is an opportunity of grace in which Jesus himself invites us into the sacred meal. That just as he called the first apostles into the Last Supper, that they would not just celebrate the regular Jewish Passover meal in thanksgiving to God for passing over and allowing the people of Israel to continue their journey with God as every faithful Jew celebrates. But rather, this meal is different because this meal, we encounter the risen Christ, crucified, died, and risen for us as we receive Jesus and Holy Communion at every single Mass. And so, it's not meant to have our taste buds explode, but our spiritual life is transformed. And so my deep desire to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, my brothers and sisters, should be off the charts. Think of that time when we received him for the very first time in Holy Communion. Or if your first communion was so long ago that you can't remember it, and I respect that, look at a grade two student as they look forward to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. They're exploding with excitement. They want to receive Jesus in their heart. They want to be transformed by his grace. They want to be united with Jesus. And that's what the sacrament of the Eucharist is for us. It should be an experience of pure joy every single time we receive Jesus. It's not just a means to stay spiritually alive and spiritually healthy, but rather it should be our deepest desire for all the other sacraments point us back to the sacrament in which Jesus feeds us with his flesh and blood. What a great privilege it is for us to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. The angels do not receive Jesus in Holy Communion. Only we, God's daughters and sons, are permitted. Those of us in God's grace who are not in mortal sin can come forward and receive Jesus in Holy Communion. We need to believe that it is truly Jesus. How can God, in all of his infinite goodness, come to us in the form of the small host that we receive either on our hands or on our tongue? as we receive him in Holy Communion. The significance of this very truth is huge, friends. God humbles himself so much that within one host, the host you receive at Mass, we find the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. He transforms himself into Eucharistic food for us. Why? Because he loves us. He loves you 
my brother and sister, so much. Jesus loved sharing meals with those whom he cared for. Not just his mother and father, his apostles, the disciples. Jesus loved sharing meals with outcasts, the chief priests, the elders, prostitutes, tax collectors, everyone. There was no one that Jesus did not want to share a meal with. Think of our own lives. When you care for someone, do you not want to share a meal with them? Whether you take them out to a restaurant or perhaps prepare the meal yourself. When we want to sit down with someone to a meal, it allows us the opportunity to enjoy food with them, good conversation with them, and it shows our care for them. Let's make a comparison when we look at our dating lives for those who are dating. And don't worry, friends, my dating days are over. But I remember that when I was dating, if I was really fond of a girl, I might ask her on a date like for a lunch or a dinner date. If I wasn't really sure, I might just ask to go for a coffee. Can you relate to this? Sometimes when we're getting to know somebody for the first time, we leave ourselves that window. A coffee date, in case things get a little bit awkward, it's easy to leave. But if we're willing to spend time with someone in a meal, then we're investing ourselves to truly get to know them, to spend time with them. I hope that you can relate to the example of dating. And those who have never dated, you'll know what I mean when those days come too. And so when we reflect upon Jesus, the reception of him in Holy Communion is not meant to be a quick thing, a coffee date, sort of speak, an in and out, a drive-through experience. Rather, Jesus invites us, like he did the first apostles, into this hour-long worship of God in preparation that he feeds us not just in the Eucharist, but by his word as well, that through word and sacrament, through the scriptures and the Eucharist, we are fed by God, who wishes to flood our soul with his grace. And so Jesus is never interested in a quick coffee date with us, though at times we set up coffee dates with him, quick and easy, get my prayers done and let me move on with my day. Jesus invites us to the eternal banquet of heaven and earth, where heaven and earth collide as we gather around the table with God as our host. And he wishes to feed us, to satisfy our hunger and quench our thirst in ways that lasagna, pierogi, steak, no other food can do. This is what God wishes for you, my brothers and sisters. This is what he wants for me. And so we can never underestimate the importance of coming to the Eucharistic banquet of God, not just receiving him for the first time in Holy Communion, but that my deep desire should be to receive Jesus at least every Sunday. Not just because it's mandated by God, but that we need his flesh and blood to sustain us and give us life. It also shows God that I'm not just interested in coffee dates with him, that I wish to have dinner dates with God. I wish to spend quality time with God to come to know him more, to appreciate the gifts that he gives me, to inspire me to come to know and love him more and more deeper to the very core of my being. 
This is what the sacrament of the Eucharist should mean for all of us. This is the teaching of our church. So the Eucharist must first be determined as a sacred meal. During the Last Supper, Jesus spells out how the Father's forgiveness and the new covenant and the promise of eternal life in Christ would come about. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and said the blessing, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. This moves us to the second part of the Eucharist. Jesus' death on the cross was the greatest of all sacrifices, and Jesus offers himself for our salvation. The Mass is the free sacrificial offering of Jesus. The Mass is not trying to replicate the ancient sacrifices of temple ritual or the bloody event of Jesus' death. The ritual gestures performed by the priest at Mass aren't a stylized reenactment of the slaying of Jesus. The Lord could only die once. He will never die again. Rather, as we celebrate the sacred meal, which we call the Mass, we unite ourselves with Jesus' act of will and offer ourselves to God, mirroring the self-dedication that Jesus had when he died on the cross for you. We hear in the Catechism, the sacrifice of Christ is unique. It completes and surpasses all other sacrifices. First, it is a gift from God the Father himself. For the Father handed his Son over to sinners in order to reconcile us with himself. At the same time, it is the offering of the Son of God made man, who in freedom and love offered his life to his Father through the Holy Spirit in reparation for our disobedience. Jesus' sacrifice is for your redemption. Let us always celebrate the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving, with great joy. For indeed, this sacred meal is holy. The real and true presence of Christ is so important to believe and come to know as an element of our faith. We believe as Catholics that Jesus meant what he said. He didn't say, this is like my body, this is like my blood. He says, this is my body, this is my blood. He meant exactly what he was saying, friends. For Jewish people, the body meant the person. The blood was the source of the person's life. So Jesus was saying over the bread and the cup, this is myself. And we believe that the consecrated bread and wine truly become the very person of Jesus Christ. The New Testament bears witness to the reality of Christ's presence in the Eucharist. Especially in John chapter 6, the gospel is devoted to Jesus as the bread of life. Jesus multiplies loaves and fish, the miracle that overshadows his ability to multiply his presence in the Eucharist. In verses 16 to 21, Jesus walks on water and shows his divine power over nature, 
a power that is capable of changing bread and wine into his body and blood. In verses 22 to 59, Jesus teaches what is called his bread of life discourse. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, Jesus says. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For some disciples and some people today, they find these words about eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood intolerable and they left him. They do not share our same beliefs. Even today, our Christian brothers and sisters see the Eucharist as a symbol or a ritual, but we think of the Eucharist as different. Why? Because Jesus tells us that it is different. He doesn't say, I meant that it represents my body. He asked the disciples, Do you also want to leave? And Simon Peter says, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so the church is given a term for the changing of bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. And this term is called, are you ready for it? Transubstantiation. I know that just rolls off the tip of your tongue, doesn't it? Transubstantiation. Say it with me. Transubstantiation. This describes the change in substance of bread and wine into the substance of the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. The appearances, the aspects of taste, color, and weight remain the same, just as they were before the priest says the words of consecration over them. But the deep realities have changed. They've changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the living Christ. When we receive Holy Communion, I'll say it again, we receive the whole person of Christ as he is in the present moment, the risen Christ, with his glorified body and soul and his divinity. St. Alphonsus Liguori said, Dying for us did not satisfy you, O God. You had to give us this sacrament as a companion, as food, as a pledge of heaven. You had to become a tiny baby, a poor laborer, a beaten criminal, even a morsel of bread. Only a God who loves us deeply could conceive such ideas. Indeed, friends, the Lord loves you that much that he wishes to come into your life to transform you, to heal you, to hold you, and to love you. As we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, the Lord abides in us and we in him. He says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood will hunger and thirst no more, for I am the living bread that has come down from heaven. After we receive him in Holy Communion, friends, we are called to live the Eucharist itself. We are called to become another Christ, to assume the awesome responsibility of being Christ-like for others. 
As we come forward to receive Jesus at Mass, first and foremost, we recognize our need to be transformed by God. But then we also promise to treat men and women, our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the way that Christ would treat them. The Eucharist is a celebration of the reception of the true presence of Jesus, a celebration that brings unity and reconciliation to the whole body. But then as we go out into the world to embrace the entire body of Christ found in his daughters and sons, we are to give them the same respect and love as we would an encounter with Jesus. St. Augustine said, we must be what we have eaten. We must be bread for others, just as Jesus is bread for us, broken and shared as nourishment for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the Eucharist is to transform us. The Eucharist is to heal us. The Eucharist is our expression of a connection of deep intimacy and love with God. So friends, it is important that we receive Jesus reverently. It is important that we do so with great love. It is important that we make sure that our soul is in a point of grace to receive him. That if we are in mortal sin, that we approach the throne of grace only after having gone to confession to receive God's mercy. Would any of us ever show up at a wedding looking disheveled, unkept, unshowered, wearing our pajamas? We wouldn't, would we? We'd be embarrassed by that. We'd realize that we weren't ready for the wedding ceremony. Everyone in their suits and dresses would look at us and say, hang on a second, you're not showing respect to the bride and groom here by dressing your best, by presenting yourself that this is a special and important celebration. How much greater do we need to present our souls before God, that they be in a state of grace, that they be cleansed from all serious sin, so that as we receive Jesus in our bodies, we do so in the way that is appropriate and respectful to him, that we receive the source of all life in a reverent and holy way. Also, friends, as we receive him, whether it be on our hands or on our tongue, we are to do so reverently, not popping the Eucharist into our mouth as we would a piece of gum or a popcorn kernel. Rather that we respectfully receive him, we place him gently on our tongue. We don't chomp on him like we would again a piece of gum or some food that we receive but we respectfully receive him with great love and with joy for the Lord has come into our very being. And this deep intimacy can never be duplicated in any other way. In every other religion, in every other experience, we seek out God. In the reception of Holy Communion, God comes to us, calls us by name, and abides in us. The church has also helped us to be respectful in preparation before Mass in receiving Jesus and Holy Communion. 
the hour fast, which means that we are to abstain before eating before Mass, one hour before receiving Jesus in Holy Communion, also allows our bodies, our minds, and our souls to yearn and long for him so that we are hungering for he who is the source of life. So we shouldn't be eating just before Mass, friends. The church's tradition teaches that we should be fasting to show our love and reverence for God. Now, for those under the ages of 16 and over the ages of 65 and those with medical conditions that must eat before Mass, they are exempt from this church teaching. And yet the rest of us are called. That if we must have anything, it's meant to be very simple. A little bit of water or a piece of bread. But as we prepare our hearts to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, our fasting, our giving up of food for this hour before Mass, allows us to truly long for God. To prepare our hearts and stomachs for a visit from God himself. So friends, as we prepare ourselves the next time to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, may we do so with great joy, with thanksgiving, with honor, and with praise to God. For God has come to feed us. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, Please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks, and God bless.